Well, it's good to see you guys this morning. Welcome to Grace. My name is Derek. And before we jump into the message today, I've got an important announcement for everybody. A reminder that two weeks from today is the Arlington County Fair. And why that is particularly relevant to all of us who call Grace Community Church our home church is because guess where Arlington County Fair is held? Right here, right here on these grounds all weekend. Uh, it is the one Sunday that we are completely closed off to meet here at TJ. And so if, um, if you're here and man, you serve, like you serve week in and week out, this is a day where you can sleep in and you can just, you know, relax and, and uh, just kind of recharge a little bit. Um, if, uh, you know, if, if you are looking forward to, to coming and, and you're like, man, what am I going to do on the 21st? I want to let you know, great resources, our website, trygrace.org. Um, you can go there and you can um, listen to, watch uh, a number of our um, past messages. I think it goes back at least two years. So you, it's a great um, Sunday to, to catch up, maybe watch at home, watch with family or friends or, or whatever. But just want to make sure you know that not next week, next week we got church as usual, but on the 21st, Sunday the 21st, we will not have church services and we'll see everybody back on the 28th. Okay, um, I want to ask you guys a question uh, to get started this morning. And here's the question. Have you ever felt uncomfortable in church? Yes. yes. We've got one honest person. Yes. <laughs> very uncomfortable. You are very decisive about that. Um, well, I know that I have. I can remember when uh, my wife Becky and I, we were fairly new to DC and we were trying to find a church home and it was frustrating because we just couldn't find a church where we felt it was a fit for us. And we got so desperate that we ended up hearing about a new church that was starting and it was starting way west of here, like 45 minutes drive. And um, so I had a friend who told me about it. She said, it's real small, but you know, I hear it's, I hear it's great. So we went out there. It was actually the Sunday before the, the Sunday we found Grace. So this is like the, the weekend before. And um, so we drive, we drive out to this little elementary school. I don't remember the name of the church, but we get in um, and we, we walk into the little multi-purpose room cafeteria. Remember there was a band up on stage and they weren't bad, they weren't bad. But I remember there were like about a dozen people total which instantly made me think, okay, something's weird. What's going on? What's wrong? Uh, why is there nobody here? But then when all 12 of those people, like right in the front, all looked at us as we walked in, and then it wasn't one of those just quick glances, like, oh, there's someone coming in. It was like, a, oh, there's someone coming in. Oh, this is so great. And they kind of stared at us like a little too long as we walked to get our seats. And I remember when the music ended, um, you know, I was just feeling, still feeling pretty uncomfortable about those, all those folks that have been staring at me. And then the pastor got up and he was a, a young guy, very, very enthusiastic. But I think his enthusiasm got the best of him because he was preaching like six different sermons all at the same time. He had so much to say and, and everything. It was like super ADD. Like I just couldn't follow where anything was going. And eventually it was just so awkward and uncomfortable that I just, I just kind of glazed out. You know, I, tu- I know none of you guys do that here, but I, I just tuned out. And, um, and so, but then he, he managed to get me to tune in. Because what he did was he, he started talking about sin and like all this terrible stuff. And then he shows up on the screen. Don't worry, I'm not going to show it. But he shows up on the screen, the nastiest looking foot I've ever seen in my life. And he was trying to make the point about like how deprived we are, you know, and all the sin. And it, there's like, I'm not even going to describe it. It was just 
Some of you know I'm a little squeamish when it comes to blood and other things that are disgusting, and so I've been known to pass out at times. So I see this, and I'm like, what is going on here? What, what, where are we? What's happening? I was so uncomfortable. And so Becky and I, we kind of did the whole like whisper, nudge, you know, as soon as this is over, we are out. You, you couldn't leave early because there were just not enough people. It would just be too awkward. But the second it's over, we're out. So the second it's over, we make a beeline for the door. But you know those 12 people who were, they were watching us, they, 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 got to the, they got to the exit first and they like flanked us, you know? And, and so we couldn't, they like blocked. And so they were, hey, how are you? And it was one of those, oh, great, you know? And, and so the, they, they get you to fill out a little connection card. And so we filled that out. We're trying to be polite and making small talk. And then the second we could get out of there, it was just so uncomfortable. The second we could get out of there, we were like, we're out. So we get out, we're driving back. And it's it was quite a drive, like 45 minutes. And I kid you not, within that time, I had an email already from the church. They were so happy we came and they hoped we would come back. And then, and I, I'm not making this up, my phone rings. We're about 15 minutes into the drive. My phone rings. It's the pastor of the church. And he's just like, man, I'm so thankful. I'm like, wait, didn't I just talk to you? Like a couple minutes? You just thanked me. Now you're thanking me on the phone. Thanks. And some of you are like, Derek, lighten up, man. Like they're just being really nice. No, that's not nice. That's called stalking. Okay. <laughs> What was happening there? We were being stalked. And it's very uncomfortable when you're being stalked in church. And now we could, we could spend the rest of the week talking about all of our uncomfortable church experiences because many of us have had some sort of an uncomfortable church experience. For some of us, um, we were in church and they started talking about money in a certain way and man, it just got really tense and awkward and uncomfortable. For others of us, um, it was something to do with politics or social issues or some other thing. Maybe there was some fire and brimstone sort of preaching and all of a sudden the hairs on the back of your neck started to stand up and you got this terrible feeling in your stomach and things just got uncomfortable for you. Or maybe it wasn't a church experience, but it's someone who was a Christian or a religious person and something that they did or something that they said just really made you feel uncomfortable. Actually, for some of you, your uncomfortable moment in church might have been just last week when I said we were going to do a foot washing ceremony <laughs> and we we're going to do it privately and everyone was going to get to participate. That was awesome, you guys. That was so great. I wish you could have had the view from up here when I said that, because I got to tell you, you guys weren't freaking out externally, but I know inside you were, because great, some great poker players in here. I mean, you guys just looked straight ahead. You didn't blink, you know, I mean, just stone-faced, but I could see everybody's eyes just get a little bit wider <laughs> as you were thinking about what in the world is this going to look like in a minute. So if it's your first time, we didn't actually do any foot washing, okay? So don't, don't freak out. I just wanted to, just wanted to make sure everybody was awake last week, so we had a little fun. But um, we've all had uncomfortable moments in church. And I, and I just want to say that um, today, uh, for many of you, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. There's some of you, and you'll be right at home with the topic that we're going to talk about today. But there's many of us, the great majority of us, I would say, are probably uncomfortable. Because we're in the series called Follow Me, where we're looking at, practically speaking, what does it mean to follow Jesus? When he said, follow me, what did that look like for those disciples? And what does that look like for us? And we're going to look at an aspect today of following Jesus that is just flat out uncomfortable 
for most people, but it's a part of it. It's something that if we're following Jesus, this is something that we are actually instructed by Jesus to do. And in fact, if you're here this morning and uh, maybe you're just exploring this thing called Christianity, you're just kind of taking a look at it, you wouldn't call yourself a follower of Jesus. In fact, maybe somebody dragged you here. You may actually have a moment of relief where you go, oh, thank goodness I'm not following because see, this is, this is one of the reasons why I don't follow. And you might actually nudge your friend who you know is a Christian, who's a follower of Jesus and be like, see, haha, you got to do this. Um, it's, it's just, it could get a little, it could get a little uncomfortable this morning. So where do we find this uncomfortable topic and what in the world are we talking about today? Well, uh, we find Jesus talking about it in a few places, most notably in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew was a tax collector. We talked about him in the opening week of the series. He came to follow Jesus. And in the final chapter of his account of Jesus' life, Matthew 28 This is after Jesus has been crucified. He is resurrected and he appears to his disciples and he gives them these instructions starting in verse 18. It says, Then Jesus came to them, the 12 disciples, and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Famous verses here. This is known as the Great Commission. And really what this is, is these are like Jesus' marching orders to his disciples. And by extension, if you're here today and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, then these are his marching orders to all of us who call ourselves his followers, and it's actually the instructions to the church. This is really the mission of the church. And it can sound a little um, hokey if, um, if you're not much of a, a church-going person, this idea that we are to go and make disciples. Like if you walked out of here and you told someone who's never been in church or not much of a church person, you, they said, what was the sermon about today? And you said, oh, man, it's about going and making disciples. That's our deal. We we're supposed to make disciples. That sounds a little weird, doesn't it? I mean, that sounds a little almost like cultish because disciple is not really a word that, that we use today. But let me just break down what that really means. A disciple is someone who learns. It's a learner. So the idea here is that for those of us who are following Jesus, we are supposed to, one of the things we're supposed to do is we're supposed to invite others along in this journey to learn from Jesus and follow him. So that is this uncomfortable message. It's actually a command that Jesus gives. And um, for most of us, we don't like that. It's not something that we feel like we're good at. It's not our gift area. Um, In fact, a lot of us just like to gloss over that or pretend it's not their focus on other things. Um, and, And for many of us, we would say, well, you know, here's the thing. I'd be happy to do it, but I'm just not qualified to do it. I, I don't have the training or the expertise, or the education. I wouldn't know how to respond to all those questions. Um, I just, I wouldn't know the first thing about it. I'm sure I would botch it if I was trying to share my faith with someone because I just, I'm just not qualified. And you might actually say that, hey, well, let's, let's look at these verses we were just looking at. So Jesus says this to his disciples. Man, I mean, if I was one of those disciples, you might say, then I could do this because they got to hang out with Jesus for three years, 
right? I mean, think of all the teachings. They got to sit with Jesus and hear all the parables explained. They got to see firsthand all these miracles and healings. I mean, this was awesome. They, They were soaked up for three years firsthand knowledge of Jesus. And then you got to remember, Jesus is giving them these instructions after he has risen from the dead. So think about this for a minute, because it's kind of a game changer. The disciples are out. They've been given these instructions to go and and make disciples, go and share your faith. So they're out telling people, man, Jesus is God. You got to put your faith in him. This is amazing. And the person comes back saying, well, you know, I don't know. And what about this? And I don't understand this. And can you explain this? And the disciples are going, well, I don't know about any of those things, but here's what I do know. He was on a cross. He was dead in a tomb. And then he was resurrected and I've seen him. Okay, so I don't understand all the ins and outs and the finer print of this stuff, but I, with my own eyes, I have seen him. So therefore, I know we can trust him because there's only one person in human history who successfully predicted and pulled off their own death and resurrection. And so that right there is all the proof that I need, those 12 disciples could have said, right? So they got a huge leg up. Like if we were one of the 12, sure, we could do this. Sure, we could talk about what we were eyewitnesses to. I mean, no problem. But 2,000 years later, in the United States, in the Washington, D.C. area, we are called to share our faith in a totally different landscape with totally different experiences. Our argument might go, I mean, this sounds good, Jesus, but we're really not the ones qualified to do it. It's great for the disciples, but not so great for us. Well, one of the things I think is interesting is that the disciples were not just called to do this, to go out and spread the good news. They weren't just called to do this at the end of Jesus' ministry, after Jesus had been resurrected. They actually were called to do this very early on as well. So I want to share with you a passage from the Gospel of Luke. This uh, was the physician, Luke, who wrote an account of Jesus' life. And uh, in chapter 9, we see uh, Luke writing about what happened with the disciples. And I just want you to know, for, for frame of reference, it's not until the fifth chapter of Luke's gospel that the disciples even get called onto the scene. Jesus does a few miracles. He does some teachings. And then, boom, check, that, check out what happens next. Again, remember, very early on in the process, these disciples are new to this whole deal. Verse 1, chapter 9. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out, and I want you to circle these two things that they were sent out to do, if you have a pencil and you're following along. Okay, and we'll we'll come back to these in just a minute. He sent them out to proclaim, that's the first thing, proclaim the kingdom of God, and number two, to heal the sick. Sent out to proclaim and heal. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. So they were to take absolutely nothing with them. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. Basically, what he's saying is don't try and upgrade your hotel accommodations, okay? Someone welcomes you in, stay there, be content, build the relationship with them. If people don't welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony 
against them. So if you go into a town and you can't find anyone who's receptive, you can't find anyone who's willing to engage in these conversations, don't waste your time. Okay? Keep on moving. If you have someone who is repeatedly super closed off, their heart is hardened, you need to go and find other people who are receptive. It says, So they set out, and they went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now, one of the things I find interesting about this passage is what it does not say. Because if you're familiar with the Gospels and you see these interactions between Jesus and the disciples, I find them so fascinating, so entertaining. Because, you know, Jesus is, is always giving instructions and the disciples are what? They're always clueless. Yeah, duh! Like, what, what does that mean? Doesn't understand. Can you explain that? No, Jesus, that'll never happen to you. Okay, it's, it's constantly there's this banter back and forth, not understanding. Okay, we talked about that a few weeks ago. We looked at Jesus' community group. Um, but... Here, here we go, and it just, he gives them all these instructions. Can you imagine? Take nothing with you. Just go, okay? And they're like, and then it just says they went. I wish Luke would have given us a little bit more right there between verses five and verses six, because you can only imagine if you read all the other inter- interactions between Jesus and, and the 12. And, and this is where my brain goes. I mean, I, you know, and, and you can say I'm, I'm, I'm embellishing, but, but really, just, just bear with me. So he goes, okay, so take nothing, just go. And then you see, like, hand go up. Yeah, Peter. Um, Jesus? Um, wait a second, hold on. Seriously? Um, remember we were asking you, like, how do we pray? And you were like, I'm going to get to that. Like, can we, can we go over the Lord's Prayer thing? For, he hadn't even got to that, okay? That comes later in Luke's Gospel. All right. um, Jesus, another hand. Andrew, yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus, um, you know, you were talking about these Beatitudes things like yesterday, right? And teaching the crowds, and you were like, blessed is the, are the poor, and blessed are those who are persecuted. And like, wh- what is, exactly do you mean by that, Jesus? Because we're going to go out and see a lot of poor people, and, and they're going to have questions. So can you, can you give us a little bit more on that? Another hand goes up. Yeah, Simon, yeah. Um, Jesus, you were talking about loving your enemies, okay? He's the zealot who hated, you know, hated the Romans. Like, you were mean. That was like a hyperbole, right? I mean, that was, that was an exaggeration. What, they're going to have questions for us, Jesus. You're sending us out. We just got started. We don't even know all of each other's names yet. And you're sending us out. No, time out. I mean, you can imagine the conversation. But look what happened. They went. Do you think they were uncomfortable? <laughs> Do you think they were uncomfortable? Oh, yes. And let me tell you something. Jesus was comfortable with them being uncomfortable. Jesus was comfortable with them being uncomfortable. And when we think about ourselves and we think about this topic for most of us who are uncomfortable in this day and age sharing our faith, Jesus is comfortable with us being uncomfortable. And that'll make itself apparent in a minute. So Jesus says, it's okay, guys, go. And it says that they went. They went. Now, I want to point out a couple things, practical things about how Jesus sent them out, what he sent them out to do, because they have great implications for us as we think about how to share our faith in 2016 in the Western world. Let's look at verse 3. It says that Jesus told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt, nothing. So, 
imagine this. They're going out with nothing. And they don't even have much knowledge either. So they really have nothing. They are in a position where they are so completely dependent on God. They're dependent on God for their provision. Where are they going to stay? Is somebody going to feed them? They're also dependent on God for lead me to the right person or a group of people who are going to be receptive to this message. So the first thing is that Jesus puts them in a position where they are totally dependent on God. And that's good news. If you feel uncomfortable, you're right where God wants you to be. Completely dependent on him. You better believe when those disciples were going out to those villages, they were praying. Oh God, please help us. Please show us. Please give us the words. Please lead us to the right people. What a great reminder to us. And we need God's help if we're going to share our faith. But the other thing that I love about this verse is I love how much Jesus humbled his disciples. Yes, they went out with the power and authority of the spirit of the living God. And that's awesome. But they went out in such a humble posture. They needed other people's hospitality and provision. And I got to tell you, and, and, and you all know this, but this is just a reminder When it comes to sharing your faith, such a delicate issue in today's world, humility is such an attractive quality. If you come in super bold and overconfident, you're going to turn someone off right from the beginning. And so Jesus here is intentionally putting his disciples in a position of humility so they'll be effective in sharing. And for us, it's just a great reminder, isn't it? That when we are sharing our faith with somebody, yes, we might be onto something amazing when it comes to this whole Christianity thing, when it comes to our faith in Jesus. We know we're blessed because of this relationship that we have for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ. But here's the thing we got to stay humble. In the eyes of God, we are no better than anybody else on this planet. No better. God loves us exactly the same. And so we got to walk in with that same posture like those disciples with. I got nothing, right? We walk in no better than anybody else. And really what this looks like for me so often is that I just have to be humble enough to be able to admit that I have doubts, that I have struggles, that I have questions that I can't fully resolve in this life. And if you can do that with people, if you can be humble enough to admit those things, you know what that does? That shows people, wow, this faith thing is real. It actually like, it's not just some pie in the sky, everything's awesome kind of thing and you never have any problems again because people know that's not true. All of a sudden they go, man, this might actually work for me. And they lean in instead of leaning out. So we got to share humbly. The, the second The second practical thing here, I said we'd come back to these two verbs, but um, it says the disciples, they set out and they did two things. They proclaimed the good news and they healed people. They were proclaiming and healing. And if we're going to be effective in sharing our faith, it is to strike the balance where we are humbly proclaiming and also healing. This is more commonly known in the church world as preaching 
in word and deed. You might have heard it said that way if you've grown up in church, preaching in word and deed. And we know that when the balance is struck there, that is so incredibly important because you might have had an experience with somebody where they were really good at preaching in word. You know, I mean, they had it all down. They, they could name the Bible verses and they could tell you blah, 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 blah. But you never felt by their deeds, by their actions. They might have said, oh, there's this God and God cares for you so much. But you know what? By their actions, you never felt the caring in them. And so it fell flat. There's many of us, and we are more comfortable today sharing more in deed than in word. I'm just going to live out my faith. I'm going to be an example and that's going to be kind of my testimony or my witness. And that's a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong. But how tragic would it be if you had people in your life and they just assumed in the workplace, man, he's just a really great guy. She's just always sweet. That's just her nature. Oh, <laughs> if they only knew the truth about us, right? We want to kill that person who thinks we're so nice. They're so annoying. How many times did I pray for you? But guess what? They, they, what if they never knew the motivation behind your actions, right? Word and deed, those two things working together, that is the stuff right there. The balance of both of those things in humility. Now, you may be sitting there this morning and going, okay, Derek, you know, that's great. Um, kind of made a, a compelling case for why as followers we are supposed to, to share our faith. This is something that we're supposed to do. Um, and I get that. And, and those are some, some you know, good little practical tips uh, about how we do it. But here's the reality. It's just too uncomfortable. Okay? So, you know, Jesus forgives us, right? So I'm just going to ask Jesus for some forgiveness because I'm not doing that. Okay? I'll, I'll do a lot of the other stuff that Jesus says, but I'm just not going to share my faith. It's too difficult. It's too uncomfortable for me. And if that's your reaction, I just want to say that's totally normal and natural. It's, it's, a, it's a perfectly normal reaction to have. But in response to that, I want to ask you a question. Is your life better in any way because of your faith? Like, is there anything positive that has come about because of your faith, because of your Christian faith? Is there anything that you can think of that's been good about this relationship with God? Well, let's just talk about specifically this church. Let's focus it even more narrowly. Can you think of anything that's been good about the time you spent here at Grace Community Church and what God has done in your life through this church? Is there anything that you find helpful or edifying in your life? I hope there's something because if there's not, I don't really know why you keep coming back. So I'll just tell you, for me, it comes down to three Ps. Three Ps, what I would say is the value add of my faith. And those three Ps are people, purpose, and peace. Now, I don't know what, what your value add is, but that's mine. For me, people. Since I've been following Jesus, which is, uh, I don't know, 15 years or so, uh, I have found that, that reading the Bible and understanding Jesus' teaching about relationships has blessed my relationships with people beyond measure. My relationships are so much healthier than they were before I started on this journey. In terms of purpose, I have discovered that for me, 
it's not just about consuming and, and taking up space on this earth, but I have found that my purpose through Jesus Christ is serving this world. We talked about service last week. And I've discovered that my purpose is actually to make a difference in people's lives. That I am not just blessed for my own sake, but I am blessed to be a blessing to others. I've discovered that through Christianity. And then the final P is peace. I can tend to worry about things, get anxious, get stressed out. I'm sure none of you guys struggle with that, but um, what I've found is an incredible peace in knowing and having a relationship with a personal God who understands what I'm going through and is always there for me. And so uh, that's it for me. I don't know what it is for you, but I'm sure there's something. There's some, there's some thing, there's some value add from your faith. And what I would just say is, whatever that thing is in your life that's better as a result of your faith, here's the question. Don't you want that for other people too? I mean, don't you have other people in your life and you just, you're like, man, this person would benefit so much. Have you ever been sitting and you just hear a song and you're like, oh, you remind of someone, you're like, I wish so-and-so were here right now just to hear, let this music wash over them right now. Or, man, this topic is so perfect for such and such a person, right? We've benefited and we know others that we want to benefit. Let me put it like this. I want you to think about your favorite restaurant. Okay? Think in your mind about your favorite restaurant. It's your go-to spot, man. It's your happy place. You love to go to this restaurant. You love the food. It just makes you feel good every time that you go there. Okay, you got it in your mind? Everybody got their favorite spot. All right. Well, I live in Annandale, and, um, and that, it, like, there is a Korean restaurant on every single corner in Annandale. I mean, literally, like, I mean, it's, just, it's amazing. And so, um, my family, we started to get into Korean barbecue. For those who know, I have a passion for food, and uh, I love, there's tons of them that do all you can eat. Oh, man, that's awesome. And they, they cook it right in front of you. It is, it is like God himself is right there at the table. It is so, and I mean, I know he is, but, you know, in a different sort of a way with the food there and them cooking it, it's like, it's the spiritual experience for me. And, uh, and so there's this one place in Annandale called The Palace. I don't know if anybody's been to The Palace. Alice, it's this Korean barbecue place. We don't go very often in my family because it's not very budget friendly. But, um, but it, man, it's a great time when we go. And so I don't know what your place is, but that's my spot. Okay, doesn't that look good? Mm, 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 mm. Making me hungry right now. Um, so I want you to think about your favorite spot. And I want you to imagine with me, let's, let's imagine for a minute, that the owner of your favorite restaurant notices you there, notices that your eyes light up when you come in, notices how happy you are when you're there. And the owner comes over and genuinely says, you know what, we're going to try and spread the word about our restaurant a different way. Instead of investing the dollars into advertising and marketing, we're going to invest it through you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to say, anybody that you ever invite here can eat for free and you'll eat for free with them. As many friends, as many family, there is no limit. Come every day, come every meal. Okay. Come as often as you want. Now, how happy are you? Oh man, you are so excited. You cannot believe it. And this is a genuine offer as often as you want, as many people as you want. Now let me ask you a question. Are you going to be inviting a lot of people to the restaurant? Absolutely you are. And you know what? The whole free thing, that's great. But, and you know I'm right on this. You've been inviting people before it was free, haven't you? 
You love that restaurant so much, you've already had people there. Oh man, now the floodgates are opening. And you know why? Because that restaurant has been a blessing to you, hasn't it? You enjoy the food there. You enjoy the experience or the wait staff or whatever it is. And as a result of that enjoyment, what do you do? You invite other people. And now that it's free, oh my goodness, you are going to tell the world about this restaurant, aren't you? I hope you're about to see the parallel. I'm about to, I'm about to come right back to the uncomfortable. Okay, we were comfortable for a minute. We're coming back. All right, so here we go. Again, I'm making a huge assumption. The assumption is you actually like to be here. You like to be at this church. You find it helpful. You enjoy your time at Grace Community Church. Your faith, you would consider a blessing, not a curse. Okay? So, if you just disconnected right now, I don't know how to help you. Okay, we'll talk afterwards. All right? Because assuming that you really enjoy this church and you benefit from your relationship with God, here's coming full circle right here, okay? The last time I checked at this restaurant, we don't have any sort of a cover charge, right? I mean, there's no, there's no fee for admission. There's no hard sell about money. We rarely talk about any offerings or anything like that. As far as I could tell, it's a free experience. Is that safe to say? Okay, it doesn't cost, we don't go hunting down people for money. So it's totally free, okay? The owners of the restaurant, it's free, you can, you can invite as many people as you would like. And here's the thing. This has been a blessing. This has been a blessing to us, okay? And so I just want to offer this to you as a resource, as a resource for you. You get to invite people to something far better than a restaurant where they'll be temporarily filled up with a meal. But you can invite someone to something that may just bless them for the rest of their life and beyond. It's pretty amazing, actually. And I know that one of the big uh, hangups we have about sharing our faith is that we're like, you know, we don't have the theological training. We wouldn't know how to answer all the questions. I mean, there's just no way we're going to get into some spiritual conversation about Jesus or, you know, the Trinity or church or whatever they're going to throw at us. It's just, it's so overwhelming. And so we kind of back up and just say, you know what, I, I'm just not going to do it. It's not my gift. I just want to tell you, there's something that every single one of us in this room can do. Every single one of us can do. And I'll tell you what that is. We can invite somebody to the restaurant. That's what we can all do. We can all make an invitation. And again, we're assuming that you've feel this is a safe place where you have benefited. And you know that when someone comes here, they're not going to be embarrassed, called out, offended. They're going to be welcome no matter where they are in their spiritual journey. Things are going to be explained to them. Okay? And ultimately, we are all just seeking to follow after this Jesus person and figure out exactly who he is. So let's get super practical for a second. I want to just give you um, one way that you can make this invitation because this is where you really start to get a little bit uncomfortable. It's like, well, how do you bring it up? You know, how do you just inject that in? See the Redskins game last night? Yeah, you want to go to church? You know, it's, how, do you, you know how do you do that in a way that doesn't just feel super weird? Well, let me, let me try and take a shot at it because I, 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 think, I think you might like this one. So, I find that this can work in just about any context, any setting. 
So let's just take a couple of examples. So you're talking to someone and they're talking about their work. They're overworked or whatever. Something's going on at work. It's a work-related conversation, okay? At some point when they take a breath, they say, wow, you know, that's really interesting. You know, you should really come to my church sometime. I think you'd like it. I think you'd find it helpful. Or maybe they're talking about a relationship, either a relationship struggle or maybe it's a brand new relationship and they're all excited. And at some point, you know, there's a moment for you to be able to respond or whatever and you say, wow, that's, that's, that's great or, or man, that's really tough. You know, you should come to my church sometime. Talk about some really helpful, practical stuff. Or, you know, someone's really stressed out about something. You say, you know, wow, thanks for sharing that with me. You know, you ought to come to my church sometime. You don't have to make the perfect connection. It doesn't have to be, oh, and my church happens to be doing a series on stress, you know, starting this Sunday. It doesn't doesn't have to be that clean. People have a longing that is in them, a longing that God has put inside of us. And all you have to do sometimes is just get close to that longing. So here's kind of the deal. If you're willing to do that, what's the worst that's going to happen? Okay? Because you haven't tried to like get anyone on the ground and like lay hands on them, right? You haven't, you haven't tried to convert anybody or rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus or, you know, I mean, you haven't, you haven't done that. We're just talking about church. Okay? Last I checked, church was still, you know, relatively accepted in this country. All right? That's all you've invited them to. So the worst, here's the worst that's going to happen. They're going to say, no. Korean barbecue is really not my thing. I'm not much of a Korean barbecue guy. I kind of like Italian food. I like burgers. I'm not into the Korean barbecue. That's the worst that's going to happen. They're going to say no. But let's think about what's the best that could happen. Now that's what I want you to think about. What's the best that could happen in that scenario? Someone's stressing about work. Someone's dealing with a relationship. Whatever's going on. Just life, you know, life. What's the best that could happen? Oh, someone's life could be impacted for the good for the rest of their life and beyond, you guys. Someone that's hurting. Someone that needs something. Someone looks all put together on the outside and everything's cool, but deep down they got a longing. They got some sort of thing that they've been wrestling with, right? Think about that. You get the opportunity to make that kind of impact, you guys. Yeah, people are going to say, no. No, thanks. Thanks for the invite, but I'm good. But there's going to be people who say yes. And that is going to be amazing. I want to just tell you one other, because in a second I'm going to um, ask the, the team to come out, music team to come out, and I'm going to have you try and think about someone that maybe you should invite. I'm going to actually invite you to ask God to put someone on your heart or your mind. And there may be, for some of you, there may be someone that uh, you've known for a long time. This isn't just some random conversation that you're going to get into and you can just kind of like, oh, cool, you should come to my church. This is someone you've talked to for years. They already know you go to church. But I want to tell you just a way that you can do that because it can feel very uncomfortable, intimidating, like, oh, the window's already passed. I should have invited them a long time ago and and now I can't do it. So again, let's just get super, super practical for a second, okay? I think it's as simple as this. You come up to your friend or family member or whatever 
and you guys are in the middle of whatever conversation, there comes a point where you can kind of shift gears a little bit and you simply say this. You say, you know, I was in church last Sunday and I was thinking, you would really like my church. I think a lot of you, you know, and I think you'd really like my church. You want to come sometime? Worst that they're going to say is no. But then you got to put a little carrot on the end of the stick. Okay? Then you invite them to brunch, okay? Invite them to brunch. You say, come on to the church. I'll take you out afterwards. We'll go grab brunch in D.C. And that, that by studies actually has shown that that's very effective. The food thing <laughs> is very effective. It's not just because I'm passionate about food, but there's something about being able to debrief and talk about the experience, then, then this is actually where things get comfortable and not uncomfortable. Because instead of having to have some sort of uh, theological discussion and like really deep issues and like you're wading into water, you have no idea like you're under, underwater on those things. Instead, you're just talking about, oh, so t- how, what did you think of the service? You, you're, you're just debriefing on that level. It's actually, much, much easier. So um, anyway, just a couple of, of practical resources for you. So I'm going to ask the team, the music team, if you guys would go ahead and come back out. And what I want to do is I want them to um, just, they're going to play just the chorus to uh, one of the songs that we, we did in the opening set. And why I love this song, you guys, I love this song, is because it just reminds me of the blessings that we have in this life, the blessings that we have through this relationship with God. And so as you hear the words to this song, and it just kind of reminds you, yes, wow, I'm so fortunate to have this faith thing. I'm so fortunate to have this church thing. In that, as you're reflecting on that, I just want you to ask God, God, is there someone you want me to invite? Is there someone that you'd like me to just make a simple invitation to come to church with me? And then once we've sang, it's going to be about a minute or so, I'll close this out with a word of prayer, okay? So if you guys would all stand, let's sing together. Let's bow our heads and pray together. God, um, we thank you for how you challenge us at times. You take us out of our comfort zone. God, this is a a very difficult topic for for many. And uh, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to stay in touch with the blessings with how much we've benefited from a relationship with you, from being part of a a great church. And Lord, let us not let the fear and the discomfort stand in the way of inviting somebody else who really, really may need you. So God, right now we thank you All around this room, we thank you for the names you've put in our heads, for the faces you've put in our minds. Lord, it's a scary moment. But I just pray, God, that you give us the courage, the courage to not dismiss your prompting, but to do something with it. God, help us. We are going to need your help. We're going to need your words. We're going to need the right timing. God, we just, we need you to orchestrate that. And uh, God, we just pray that we would not shy away from the challenge that you give us to share this most amazing gift with others. 
We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.